What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Wavelengths, another Champions League podcast today. We got the same group as last time, Jacob Lucas, Armand Sadi, Preston Hefland. We were at eight a week ago. We're down to four. couple of expected results happened this past week. Armand, I want to start with you. Your biggest takeaway now going into the semifinals. Uh, my biggest takeaway um, would have to be how Manchester City adapted after Dortmund scored the first goal. Because most of the times when you see City conceded goals so early, they kind of crumble. And I thought that when Jude Bellingham scored the first goal that Dortmund had the tie in the bag. But I like the way that they came back after they let, let in the goal and they dominated the game from like the 26th minute onwards, in my opinion, and showed levels to Dortmund. Preston, the question now turns to you. After the quarterfinal, what is your biggest takeaway? Um, my biggest takeaway is that PSG are legit and that Pochettino is a shot at redemption. PSG have a shot at redemption after falling short in 2020. Uh, they looked very good against Bayern, created a lot of chances, and the second leg didn't really put them away. But since they had that 3-2 advantage with three massive away goals, they were able to go through. Um, I think they showed that they're legit contenders, and it's going to be a great contest against Man City over two legs. And Jacob Lucas, you are last on this topic. Takeaways, obviously, a Liverpool fan, so a little heartache there. But how do you feel after the latest round of Champions League? Um, I feel like Real Madrid is not going to make it. Uh, to the finals. I think that if they play the way they played against Liverpool, PSG is going to take them very easily. Personally, I think Liverpool could have taken them very easily. There were quite a few opportunities there that they just didn't quite capitalize on, but I don't think Real Madrid was playing well. And I feel like the the lack of um, the reason they advanced was lack of Liverpool execution. And with the way PSG has been playing, I know they had a few chances that they didn't quite execute on against Bayern on the second leg, but overall, like holistically, I feel like if PSG plays the potential they've been playing for most of the tournament, it's going to be a pretty easy, um, easy quarterfinal or semifinal for them. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm going to have to disagree just because of what Zidane has done in the past. People really don't give him credit for those three consecutive Champions Leagues. I know he had Ronaldo, who in some people's eyes is the best player in the world, second best. Um, but Zidane took that team through the Champions League, one of the most rigorous competitions in the world, three straight years. Is there any team you would take in a one-game final other than Real Madrid, just on paper? They've done it before. They've shown that they can do it. Their roster is very similar to what they've done in the past. PSG fell short. Pochettino fell short. Man City have never made it past the semis. I don't know if there's a team other than Real Madrid that I'm taking in a one-game final match. One-game winner-take-all final match on paper? I got to go Man City. They've been... I mean, yeah, that, that's they've on been paper. dominant. It's about what they've done. Yeah, yes, they've been on a tear lately, but you see them fall to Chelsea. They still have the Premier League not wrapped up. They have these loose ends they have to take care of. I think that City... It's classic City-itis, as people refer to it as. If they make it to the final... I. You can't bet against Madrid. You just simply can't, in my opinion. All right. 
I, I agree with you to a certain extent. I feel like Manchester City, I totally agree. You got to get past the next hurdle to make sure, or not make sure, but to, to obviously win. And we haven't seen it yet. So obviously it makes sense to bet against them, even though they have the better roster because they haven't been that far and they haven't won the big game yet. So from that perspective, it makes sense why Madrid could be favored in a potential final between the two of them. Not to mention that City's also going to lose De Bruyne for the first first leg, at least, of the PSG. So that a we, yellow card accumulation? No, he got hurt today. And oh. So far, speculation says that he's going to miss at least the first round of the PSG game. Speaking of PSG, the big takeaway I have is they have to play the defending champs in Bayern. They move past them. Now they got to take on Manchester City, which is a matchup we'd all like to see in the final. But now we get to see it twice on each of their home stadiums. But for PSG, you got to think that they are red hot at the moment, like City is. And they just have to have this mentality of, you know, it's stacked against us, like I said last week. But PSG, they're peaking at the right time. And like you just said, Preston, Manchester City doesn't have Premier League wrapped up totally yet. So this could just be who flinches first, and that's going to be the team that's going to be in the final. Yeah, I think it entirely depends on which team finishes their chances better. Um, I mean, none of these teams exactly have a clinical finisher like Lewandowski or just a guy who you can reliably count on for goals. I'd say Mbappe is the closest thing to that for PSG, but they they had trouble just converting in the second leg. So... It's good. Both teams are going to create a ton of chances. It's going to be beautiful football, but it's going to come down to who finishes it off. And I give the slight edge to PSG there just because of what I saw in the Dortmund game um, by Man City in that second leg. Their only, their only two goals were off of a goalkeeping mistake for the Phil Foden one. It was a great shot, don't get me wrong, um, but that was kind of a goalkeeping mistake. And the other one was a controversial penalty I probably would have given the pen, but some people had an issue with it. That does bring us to our first question. We have two Premier League teams left, Chelsea, Manchester City. Jacob, how many teams from the Premier League will be represented in the Champions League final? I think that it's going to probably – I think one – I think Chelsea I think Chelsea can put up a fight, but I think ultimately they're likely gonna fall. Um I know like I did say we all like hadn't played well. I, I do think there's a good chance Real makes the final. Like all things said and done. I do think I, I would agree, Preston, that Real knows how to get there. I that's it's you can't argue it. They did it three times and won every time. Um they know how to get there, but I think um I think Man City will make the final probably. I do think that they have it in them to beat PSG. Granted, if uh, the rumors are true and uh, De Bruyne is out for the first leg, that could impact it. But I think that they still have the talent without him to take it against PSG. And I think that we'll probably see Real versus um, Man City in the final. Before I ask Arman or Preston, do either of you think that it is an all-Premier League final? No way. 
I mean, I'm not going to count them out, but that's just not how I see it. No. Do you think there will be one or Chelsea or Manchester City? I mean, if I had to go with a prediction, it would probably be PSG versus Real Madrid. Um, but, I mean, I could see either team winning. I think that we all know the PSG-Man City game is a marquee matchup. Um, so I think that's going to be the closest game. I think Man City obviously have a legit shot. I give the slight edge to PSG, but it's about 50-50. Um, and then with the Real Madrid game, they've just been they've been playing so well. They stormed up to the top of La Liga. Uh, that that is one concern. They have to worry about league play, um, but Chelsea do as well in pursuit of top four. So that kind of evens it out. I, I think that. Real Madrid have the better roster. They have the better rapport. Um, it's gonna, it's going to be a, a, a lot closer than people think, I would say, but it's probably sixty forty Madrid for me. I'd have to agree. I mean, Chelsea. I'm not going to count them out just because Tuchel's been such a great coach, especially defensively. But I'm not com- convinced about their attacking, attacking options. I mean, Pulisic is great when he comes on. I think he got eleven fouls but they scored zero goals in the second leg, which, I mean, their game plan was just to sit back because they were already up 2-0 on aggregate. But I'm not completely convinced. I mean, even today against Man City, the one goal they scored, the was Zach Steffen in goal today? Yeah, I believe it was a mistake that led yeah. to the goal. Steph, I mean, he came out, terrible angle, wrong time. It was just an easy goal. I'm not convinced that they'll be able to score the goals to keep up with Madrid. But on the City side of things, I do, I do think they have a better shot at beating PSG than Chelsea does of beating uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that in the Madrid versus Chelsea matchup, like you guys said, both teams are still fighting for league contention. But Chelsea, if they don't win Champions League, they might not even make it back to this tournament next year. So you got to think that they want this opportunity – to win the whole thing more than more than Madrid, just from that perspective, because Madrid will make it back to Champions League next year, but then you don't know about Chelsea just yet. So I think from that, it's going to see who wants it more. I think. Well, the thing yeah. is, I don't like the whole uh, league talk because PSG is still second place in league, and they're still trying to fight for the title, but they don't have a very deep rotation of players compared to teams like City and Chelsea. You have Madrid, who's top, I believe, top of La Liga right now. They're fighting to win their second straight La Liga title. They don't have they don't have a deep rotation squad at all either currently because of injuries and COVID. So I don't think lineups or like, you know, if the whole like league position is going to play as big of a factor compared to previous rounds, just because all teams right now are fighting to either win the league or finish top four. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that league one is a little easier than the Premier League, but at the same time, it's just these players are going to be playing games so often. They're used to it at this point. We've seen them do it since like last July or so. Um, so everybody's tired. Uh, really, Man City is the only team that has legit squad rotation call it pep roulette some people will say um but yeah I, I don't think that's a huge 
stature, and it kind of cancels out if so. Yet Jacob Lucas would know a little bit better about this. It, it, look what happened with Liverpool a couple of years ago when they were making their Champions League run, and then they played through the summer, and then their Premier League run. They, the players of Liverpool two years ago, pretty much played an entire year straight, and you could say that it didn't really affect them much up until this past season. So I think for right now, it the fatigue isn't as much of a factor, but it definitely has something to weigh on these players' mind going into the last stretch of both the tournament and the league season. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I also I would also agree um, more with like the first half of your statement. I really don't think it's going to have that much of an effect. I really, I really think that it's going to honestly playing like consistently you don't really fall off because you're having to perform at a competitive level all the time. So I would agree the fatigue might like come to play somewhat, but honestly, I would think that the consistency is really just going to kind of serve as a benefit more than a detriment. I now want to take this a little more in depth by teams. Preston, I want to ask you this question. What midfield group is the best remaining in this tournament? Um, yeah, I'd say assuming it's, it's a very close tie between, uh, Real Madrid, Tony Cruz, Luka Modric, uh, Casemiro and Man City's Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne and whoever they decide to throw along in there, maybe Bernardo Silva, maybe Fernandinho. Um, it's a very close, uh, competition between those two for me. You look at Chelsea, you can't really – they don't play with a true midfield. They have just two midfielders in there, wingback. Um, even so, Jorginho and Kovacic and Conte aren't on that same level. You look at PSG, their midfield is arguably their weakest weakest link uh, with, I believe, Verratti's injured as well. Um, so, yeah, it's between those two for me. I'd have to give it to Madrid, again, just because of what they've done. Uh, Mudrich has won a Ballon d'Or. I believe he's the only player in the competition who has one of those. Um, they, again, as I said, won, it, won the hat-trick of Champions League. Modric has been to the World Cup final. Kroos has won the World Cup. Casemiro's a stud. Like, these guys have done it. They've done it for years. They're very consistent. Kroos was the difference in that first leg against Liverpool. I know De Bruyne is amazing. He's world-class. He's the best midfielder in, in the world. But as a collective, there is no better midfield trio than Real Madrid. I'd have to agree as well. I think they're assuming that it's even Rodri, Gundogan, and De Bruyne, which is City's best midfield. I'd still give the edge to Real Madrid just because of their experience of playing at a, such a top level. Yeah, there's not much to be said about them that hasn't already been said by the two of you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. It's They've been pretty dominant for a while now. I don't. I, I think it is really hard, even when City is at their best and using their peak midfield, I think it's really, really hard to argue that Real is not rocking the best midfield in the tournament. Yeah, and the thing that's underrated about Madrid's midfield, which we've touched on a little bit, they don't wake up until the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They don't need to worry about group play. 
they don't need to worry about, you know, games against teams in La Liga that aren't really going to contend for the title. They know when to show out, and this is their time, so they're going to do what they do best. So I think that they're going to show why they're one of the best units in the world. And this could, I think, propel them to another appearance in the Champions League final. As far as striking and finishing of the four teams left, who do you feel most confident in, Armand? Um, Finishing-wise, it's a tough one. Uh, I'd probably, if I had to rank them, I'd have to say four, Chelsea, three, City, uh, two would have to be PSG and one, Madrid. Just because Madrid has the one true goal scorer in Benzema. I don't think any other team has that. Mbappe is a good finisher, but he's not like the true number nine striker. You know, he kind of plays around wide. Neymar misses sitters. City creates loads of chances, still can't finish. And then Chelsea. Chelsea's kind of the same boat. They don't have that true striker, but they don't score a lot of goals either. They win games based off how their defense performs. So I have to give the edge to um, Madrid. Preston, I want to ask you the same question, but kind of reword it a little bit. Of the four teams left, if you had to 90th minute extra time, you need one guy to get you a goal. Who do you want out of these four teams that are left? Benzema, 100%. Scored the goals on the biggest stages. He's still at a world-class level. None of those, like Armand Touchline, none of those teams have that guy. They don't have a Lewandowski. They don't have a prime Sergio Aguero anymore. They don't have a Harry Kane. Um, Benzema is one of the most underrated strikers on the planet. Uh, he's I, Real Madrid's leading goal scorer on the year, I believe. He has saved them in the group stage rounds so many times. Uh, he's the reason why they are here. Or one, one of many, but he is the biggest reason why they are here. Um, so, I, yeah, I got to go with him by a long shot. His really only competition is Mbappe, um, just because of what he's, he did against Barcelona in that first leg and Bayern. But Mbappe's a better all-around player. Benzema's 100% the better finisher. Jacob, is there any any pushback, or would you take Benzema out of the oh. four? Oh, no question. It's It's got to be Benzema. I agree. Mbappe's... Mbappe's great. He can be a great playmaker. He's holistically a better player. But when it comes to finishing, there's no one left that's better than Benzema. I would take him 90th minute extra time, no questions asked. So a big talking point, especially in the NFL with quarterbacks, is always talking about rings and what have you done for me lately. Is there a player left in this tournament that needs to win this tournament more than any other? Yeah, I'd say so. I think there's player and coaches as well. For player, I'd say it ha- it has to be Neymar. He left he left Barcelona for a reason. Wanted to prove he could do it on his own. He's gone to the stage, got to stage last year, lost to Bayern. Then a few years earlier, earlier, PSG lost to Man U. So now they're back on the big stage. Neymar needs to show that he can turn it up in the big stages and win, win a meaningful 
like a mean, meaningful trophy because Ligun, anybody could really win that. PSG's been dominating that for years. He needs to show that he can win a meaningful trophy without the likes of Messi. And then for coach, Pep has, Pep, it has to be Pep's year. I mean, he spent so much money on that team. And every year they've gone out in the quarterfinals or earlier. And this year he has arguably one of the best city teams we've seen in terms of play style and dominance that in recent years, other than maybe the Centurions. So yeah, Pep and Neymar have the most to prove in my opinion. Yeah, I think you gave two great answers. I have two different ones, but I agree with both of those. Um, just to comment on what you said, I think Neymar kind of gives me Kyrie Irving vibes. Like he won that one ring with LeBron back in 2016. Uh, Neymar got it with Messi back in 2015. Then he left, wanted to go off on his own, did his own thing, didn't really work out initially. Now he teamed up with KD, teamed up with Mbappe, um, and they looked like they're poised to be one of the favorites to win it. Um, but for me, coach has got to be Mauricio Pochettino. Uh, after falling short with Tottenham in 2019, this is his redemption year. Uh, he's still much younger, but the difference is that Pep has won it twice. or tw- I believe he's won it, Pep has won it twice. Yeah, Pochettino with Barca. Not won. Yeah, yeah, twice with Barca, yeah. Um, obviously, there's the narrative about him at Man City not winning on the big stage, but he's already won two, about to win his third Premier League there. He's a proven winner. Pochettino heading in with Tottenham, he did not win anything. When his first trophy was like the French Cup, might not even win the French League this year. He needs this to show that he is a top coach and, or top manager in the world. Um. But as for players, I think I'm going to go with Kevin De Bruyne. Um, he's been, I, I like you said, Pep has been in search of that Champions League with Man City. So is De Bruyne. They've, they've been there together this entire time. He is the best midfielder in the world, but he still has his doubters. Um, and he's going to have those doubters until he can win the Champions League, in my opinion. One thing I'm going to have to go. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with Armand. Um, Neymar, Neymar went for a reason. He went to prove he could do it solo and he's not And unless he does it this year, I think, I think he kind of has failed his mission. If he doesn't do it this year, that would have been a three strikes in your out type thing would have tried and failed three different times at this point. And I think that it's like now or never for him. And I also have to agree with Pep, even though Pep has a bunch of, a bunch of like claims with um, Premier League, and you're right, he is on the brink of winning his third. He needs to prove that he can do it in UEFA. He hasn't done that yet, and I think he needs to show that he can do it. I mean, personally, I'm saying this largely because I said this earlier. I think that Man City is going to win it. I think Man City is in the position to win it all. I think, in my, in my opinion, they're the uninhibited favorites, so I think that Pep's got to show that he can do it outside of the teams he knows the best, outside of the teams in his, in his league, and he's got to show that he can beat any team in Europe. So kind of the pushback on Preston's point, the reason I said Pep is because he spent all the money, gets all the transfers he, he wants, and to not get past the quarterfinals until this year in the UEFA Champions League, it's kind of hindering his legacy in a European – in European Cups wise, even though he's won twice, I, th- I believe with Bayern and Barca. But like, obviously in England, he has a great record. But like, 
overall in Europe, I think it's hurting his legacy by if he doesn't win it this year. Two points yeah. I wanted to bring up about the KD and Kyrie comparison. They both also won gold medals at the same Olympics last time in Brazil. Fun fact. And about the Man City thing, it's interesting. They're not supposed to even be in this tournament because before COVID last year, obviously, for lack of a better term and not to mince any words, because of oil money, they UEFA came down semi-hard on them. They should have been taken out. But then because of COVID, they somehow reworded this agreement. So now they're in the tournament. So if they get a second chance at this tournament and don't win it, I totally agree with Armand on a European scale. This just diminishes a lot that I think Pep has done because not supposed to be in it. And then you're the favorite and you don't win it again. I just think, you know, like something's got to give and Pep's going to get chance after chance and deservingly so, but you can only spend so much money and kind of alienate so many fans for so long. And then to just come up short, it, it's not going to be able to go on for much longer. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's a very good point. Like, even though they are the better team right now, to an extent, Man City are still living in Manchester United's shadow, just because of what they've done in the past under Sir Alex Ferguson. I believe they won the Champions League twice. That has always been the ultimate goal that they've never been able to achieve. Um, and I think there will still be a lot of questions surrounding them until they do that. So now, with the four teams left, I think we all hinted at it. But Jacob Lucas, I want to start with you. When we're talking a little later this month, who is in the final? Yeah, um, I think we did hint at it later. I think I was kind of pretty clear when I was answering in terms of like Premier League teams. I think we're going to see Man City and Real Madrid in the finals. I'm torn because I don't know what to choose between PSG and City, but I'm going to go with my gut feeling and I'm going to say PSG Madrid. Same here. Yeah. Sticking with my gun. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it was PSG. I think we're going to be in for a fantastic semifinal between those two teams. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's like 50 50 essentially to me, but it's just the. PSG have made it to the final. That's like the slight edge they have. So for this, I would say City and Madrid, I think will be playing in the final. But this kind of brings up what I wanted to be my last point before I let you guys go. Christian Pulisic is going to play in the semifinals and potentially the finals of the UEFA Champions League. If you go back two to three years, almost every game was on the Fox family of networks. Then we switch over to a couple years ago. We have Steve Nash and Stu Holden in Barcelona calling semifinal games. Fast forward to 2021. You now have to pay for, I think it's called Paramount Plus, to watch these games. We finally got to a point in America where soccer was one of the sports that was commonly on TV. You could see it almost anywhere. But now we're going to this pay-to-watch model, and it's really affecting the game because – you have some of the world's best players all the year round in these tournaments, and we don't have to just wait for the World Cup every four years. Just look at the people we have left. We have Real Madrid. Everybody knows them. Kylian Mbappe, Neymar. You have Manchester City, Chelsea, and we have to pay to watch them play. 
and this I believe the only game on regular CBS will be the final. Yeah. Now, when it was on Fox, yeah, they only had the final there too, but you had two games each week, two days a week on regular television. They also had it on Fox Sports, which is on cable, so. Yeah, and now you have to pay to watch all these games. So it was we finally took a step forward with soccer in America, obviously Premier League kind of leading that charge. But now all of these now it's not only Champions League, it's La Liga is going to be streaming. Uh, Serie A is streaming. Bundesliga is now streaming too. So I think for- they're, uh, they're also putting the Premier League on Peacock Plus with the new NBC streaming service. So that's all the top five leagues and the Champions League will all be on streaming services now. Well, that's also like represents the whole problem in America, pay to play for soccer. I mean, that's the conversation yeah. for another time, but soccer is one of the most, I mean, I don't want to say, because I've only played soccer, but what, from what I've heard, it's one of the most expensive port, sports to play. So, like, I mean, that's a conversation for another time, but that just brings the whole problem of why soccer isn't popular in America because of things like streaming services and cost to play. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's the biggest sport in the world, um, soccer. Obviously not the biggest sport in America. That goes to the American version of football. But yeah, no, I'd agree. I think it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I'm able to watch that. I'm able to watch the UEFA Champions League because my dad loves soccer. So he made sure he was able to watch Champions League. But without that, I, I, I wouldn't be able to watch it. And I think that's ridiculous. When you, Like you said, when you have the top teams in Europe, of, like the best te- of the best playing, and we're only going to get one game that we can see without paying, like for a whole separate thing. It's so bogus. It's, yeah, it's so, sad. Well, the thing is the Champions League is on like cable. It's on YouTube TV. It's included. Because technically it's still on CBS Sports Network, but like what the things you're doing with other leagues, like Bundesliga, Serie A, you have to buy ESPN Plus, and like now it's they're moving the Prem to Peacock. It's just yeah, it's all just kind of falling apart. Yeah, I believe they're going to have like less than twenty games on cable next year for the Premier League, which is ridiculous. So to watch pretty much all the leagues, you're going to have to be paying. In yeah, yeah, you have like, to have three separate streaming services, oh pretty much. I mean, it's more of a reflection of, like, the shift towards, like, the economic shift of people paying for streaming services than it is something about soccer. But, again, these days, people are trying to commodify everything, so that's how it's going to be. It is does make me question, is it more profitable, though, from, the, like, the business point of view to turn, to make people pay for these services or just to show it on TV and get like an average audience of say one and a half million in America. I, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but that's what I'd estimate like the semifinals would be at or so collectively. I, I want to bring up a point off of that. So let's just say hypothetically, well, these games are played on Wednesdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, whatever. If you go to a sports bar or a restaurant, they're going to put on sports for people. They're not going to put on Paramount Plus just randomly and then pay for that on top of their already existing cable bills. So the fact that Champions League specifically would go back from a model that had worked the past five years or so to now make it harder for people to access it. And then the games are already at weird times in the day, especially on the East Coast. So it's just a really flawed system. And it's unfortunate that soccer fell victim to it. Like the NFL could have done this, but they're like, no, we want as many eyes as possible on our product at any time. We don't need people to watch it on their phones. We want people to watch it 
at a bar on TV with as big a screen as you can get. So I think it's an unfortunate situation that soccer and many of its leagues fell under. I agree. Sorry to bring the tone down a little bit at the end there, but I enjoyed talking with you guys. Once again, Jacob Lucas, Armand Sadi, Preston Hefland. We were, I think three of us picked PSG. Two. I think it was. Oh, yeah. Final. Who wins it? We, we picked our finals, but really quickly, who do we have winning it? I got Madrid. City. Uh, City. I'll, I'm going to have to say PSG. We'll have a bunch of time to talk about that. The next one, we'll be back after leg one of the semifinals. So everybody stay safe. Thanks for listening. And we will see you on the next one.